Welcome to the book club. I'm here with four of my students, and we're going to be talking about Shannon Messenger's Keeper of the Lost Cities. I'll have each of them introduce themselves and say one thing they like to do besides reading. Hi, I'm Anastasia, and I like math. Hi, I'm Madison, and I like to play volleyball. Hi, I'm Kaylin, and I like to play soccer. Hi, I'm Ashley, and I like to paint and draw. And as I said, we're going to be talking about a great book today, Keeper of the Lost Cities. Um, a lot of my students are seen lugging this giant book around from place to place. It's part of a, an eight-book series, and the eighth book is going to be released this November. So if you get hooked on this first book, there's plenty more to read and more to look forward to. Uh, first, before we have our discussion, we're going to have our celebrity reader read a section from this book. Who can tell me who our celebrity reader is today and what they're going to be reading about? So the celebrity reader is my mom, and she's going to be reading the part where the main character finds out she's not going to be able to live with her parents anymore. Wonderful. So we'll listen to that, and then we'll come back and talk about this great book. Keeper of the Lost Cities, Chapter 12. One wall in Alden's office was a large curved window overlooking a silvery lake. A floor-to-ceiling aquarium wrapped the rest of the room. Sophie waited in an enormous wing-back chair facing Alden, who sat behind a black desk piled with books and scrolls. Anxiety tightened her chest as the walls of water seemed to close in. Sophie sucked in a breath to remind herself she wasn't drowning and pointed to the stacks of human newspapers piled next to her chair. Articles were circled in red and then crossed out. Keeping up with the news? Looking for you. He removed another newspaper from a drawer and handed her the article with her picture circled. You don't know who sent this to you, she asked. I have a few theories. No reason to worry. You keep saying that. A hint of irritation crept into her tone. Because it's true. <sighs> she sighed. Well, if you figure it out, maybe you could find out how the reporter knew about me. My parents were super upset about it. Her heart stuttered as Alden's face fell. I think I know what you're going to say, she said, as he opened his mouth to speak. She needed to say it first. That will be the only way to survive it. You're going to tell me I'm not related to my family. She felt a pull in her chest as the words floated away, like they were taking a part of her with them. Yes, I was planning to discuss that. A shadow passed over his features. But what we really need to talk about is why you can't live with them anymore. The word swam inside her head, refusing to make sense. Alden moved to her side, leaning against the chair as he took her hand. I'm sorry, Sophie. We've never faced anything like this, and there's no perfect solution. You can't hide your abilities forever, especially as they get stronger. Sooner or later, someone will suspect that you're something other. And we can't allow that to happen for your safety and ours. Now that the council knows you exist, they've ordered that you move here, effective immediately. She felt the blood drain from her face as his words sank in. Oh. The too simple word couldn't communicate what she felt, but she couldn't come up with anything better. Part of her refused to believe him, refused to accept the impossible things he was saying. The same part wanted to kick and scream and cry until he took her home to her family. But a tiny voice of reason wouldn't let her. Deep, deep down, 
Beneath the fear and hurt and pain, she knew he was right. She lived every day since she was five in constant fear of discovery. She wasn't sure how much longer she could keep it up. The headaches from her telepathy were almost unbearable, and if they were going to get stronger, not to mention the loneliness. She never felt right with her family. She never had any friends. She didn't belong in the human world, and she was tired of pretending she did. But knowing he was right didn't make it hurt any less, didn't make it any less terrifying. Will I get to visit my family, she asked, grasping for something to calm the fear threatening to overwhelm her. Alden didn't, Alden didn't look at her as he shook his head. I'm sorry. I'm afraid that would be impossible. We call the areas where humans live the forbidden cities for a reason. Access is severely restricted. Plus, they're going to think you're dead. She was on her feet without deciding to stand up. You're going to kill me off. As far as your family and the rest of the humans are concerned, yes. For a moment, she was too stunned to speak. Her mind filled with creepy images of gravestones reading, Here lies Sophie Foster. But one image was even worse. She closed her eyes, desperate to block out the horrifying mental picture. But it only became more vivid, her parents hovering over her grave with tear-stained faces. You can't do that to my parents, she whispered, blinking back tears of her own. We have to. If you disappeared, they would never stop trying to find you. It would draw too much attention to everything. But don't you know what this will do to them? I wish there were another way. She refused to accept that. Elves could travel on a beam of light and read emotions and probe minds. There had to be a way her family wouldn't suffer. A sickening idea struck her. Couldn't you make them forget me? Make it like I never existed? Alden bit his lip. It's more complicated, but it can be done. But would that really be better? They'd be relocated. They'd lose their jobs, the house, and all their friends. That's better than thinking their daughter is dead. Her words seemed to hit him, and he turned away, staring deep into the aquarium. What about you, he said, after a stretch of silence. These are people you love, Sophie. If we erase you, they won't miss you. They won't even know you exist. Wouldn't that be too painful? A single tear slipped down her cheek. Yes, but only for me. For them? She squared her shoulders and set her jaw. It's the best thing for them. Seconds passed before Alden turned to her, obvious pain in his eyes. If that's what you want, we'll do it that way. Thank you, she whispered, hardly believing what she was saying. It felt like her brain was shutting down, too overwhelmed to function. Had she really agreed to have her whole life erased? She sank back into the massive armchair. Tears streaked down her cheeks and she scrubbed them away. Will I get to say goodbye? Alden shook his head. The council specifically forbade me to take you back. The room spun and a small sob slipped out. It never occurred to her when she left for school that it would be the last time she'd see her family, ever. It was too much. Please, I need to say goodbye. Alden studied her face for a long minute before he nodded. I can't take you without risking a tribunal, but I can give you 20 minutes before I alert the council to the change of plans and let Fitz take you. 
You'll have to change clothes before you go and get out of there before anyone sees you or it will be very bad for him. Can you do that? She nodded, wiping away more tears. Thank you. Alden rushed to the door and called Fritz. Sophie couldn't focus as Alden explained what was happening. She was too busy trying to figure out what she would say to her parents. How was she going to tell her family goodbye? Okay, so that was a section from Keeper of the Lost Cities. Now, this book is very interesting. Who can tell me a little bit about this, the premise of this book? What's it about? So it is about a girl named Sophie Foster. She is a telepath, and one day she finds out she is an elf. Who can tell me a little bit more about what it means to be a telepath? Well, being a telepath means um, when you when you can like read minds and know what other people are thinking. What is Sophie's life like at the very beginning of this book? Who can describe what? Uh, well, like? at the very beginning of the book, Sophie is one of the smartest people in her. Uh, like grade, um, she's 12 and she's in high school and she has a photographic mind so she can remember things and that helps her with school. Nice. She's definitely a really interesting character even before she finds out that she's an elf. Who can tell me a little bit about what that's like when she finds out that she is an elf? Well, when she finds out that she's an elf, she's... Um, like a little sarcastic and is asking if she was going to make presence um, in the North Pole or help find Frodo, destroy the ring and save the Middle Earth. But she finally admits that, admits she is something else. She meets someone named Fitz along the way. Who can tell me a little bit about uh, Fitz and, and what he's like? So Fitz is another elf and he's a telepath just like Sophie. Um, he first finds her in a museum, and he asks about her, He and a reporter, like, just typed about Sophie, and he found the article, and he asked Sophie, is this you? And a bunch of kindergartners run by, and they, they can both hear their thoughts, because human, human minds broadcast their thoughts unintentionally, and, like, since kindergarten thoughts are, like, really high-pitched, they both clutch their head in pain, and when they realize they both do that, Sophie runs out of the museum because she's scared. So when I first heard that there were elves in this book, I got certain connotations thinking about, you know, elves from the North Pole or elves from the Lord of the Rings or elves from um, my family reunion where I have a few elves in my family. But um, what did you all think of when there were first elves in this book? Well, that's like, I thought that too, but then I realized that elves are people that can read minds and they live in another world called Eternalia and um, and they are a lot like smarter, power, more powerful and stronger than a regular human. Who else can tell me a little bit more about the elves? What's, what's different about the elves than us? Well, they have um, different subjects at school like um, some of the subjects that they have um, would be element, elementalism, and that's and that subject is math and what humans learn. And if 
elves had a history class, they would call it elven history. So one of the things that you all mentioned earlier is that uh, Sophie has this conflict where she can't live with her parents anymore. So tell me a little bit more about what Sophie's family life is like and maybe some of the conflicts she goes through with her family over the course of the novel. So um, in the beginning of the book, she, Sophie um, is nor- living a normal life with her family and a very annoying little sister. <laughs> and then um, when she finds out that she's an elf, she has to live in um, the other world, and um, she has to leave her parents and her sister, and she has to make sure that her parents and sister don't remember her so that they don't, like, spread the word about um, elves being, like, alive. And to add on to what Ashley said... Um, originally, the plan to have Sophie move to Lost Cities, which is another name for where the elves live, was they were planning to kill her off. But Sophie was horrified at, that, at the idea of her parents thinking she was dead. So that's when she came up with the idea to wash their minds. Along the way, Sophie faces a variety of conflicts. Without spoiling the ending of this book, what are some of the conflicts that you think take place? Um, well, one of the conflicts that takes place is when Sophie gets kidnapped, which is um, when she goes to one of the caves where she goes so that she can be alone. And one of the other characters, Dex, which she becomes really close friends with, is trying to find her because she's sad and she's a little bit like confused and depressed. And then um, her and Dex were taken from the kidnappers. One of our listeners, Joaquin, wants to know a little bit more about the elves, and he's interested to know uh, if they do magic or if there's anything kind of special about them. They do not do magic, but they do have talents. Like, they can be a shade, which is they control shadows, and they can read your shadow vapor. They can also be hydrokinetic, which means they control water, similar to, like, Percy Jackson. And there are a variety of others, which is why... Um, some elves are talentless, and they make such a big deal about it. Another one of our listener listeners' page is really interested in knowing what Sophie's family thought about her going to the Lost Cities. Well, Sophie's family, like, she didn't tell her family about, like, that she was going to the Lost Cities. What she did was she said, like, goodbye and everything, and then she used something that made them all go to sleep. And then um, later they washed their family's minds so that they wouldn't remember Sophie so that, you know, Sophie wouldn't feel guilty and they wouldn't spread the word. And then they like move them to a different house and stuff. Another one of our listeners, Matthew, is really interested in this idea of telepathy and wants to know, um, what are some of the things that Sophie did with her telepathic powers once she discovered that she had them? So she first manifested when she was five. Um, so so how she got her telepathy was she hit her head, and then throughout the book she um, she figures out that she has more than just telepathy, but um, but with the telepathy um, she reads um, other elves' minds on accident, um, and then she can also transport. Um, messages through her mind and that's called transmitting 
Another listener, McKenna, she's always interested in the cover art for the various books that we talk about. Is there anything that stood out to you about the cover of this book that maybe reveals something about the, the novel within? So, well, the, the cover of the book is basically Sophie with one of her friends named Dex. And on the cover there, um, so, so in the middle of the book, they go to Paris to hi- hide from the kidnappers. And then they need to find um, this thing in the light, in the lantern, and um, that's the pic- that's the picture of the front of the book. And to add on to that, um, she is with her friend Dex, who also got kidnapped, and a group called the Black Swan, which is a very important group in the series. And you can't really tell yet whether they're bad or good. Is the one who saved them. And they um, were put there, and they had, like, a, a clue. And then Sophie, I think that Sophie's really good at figuring out clues. And then they find um, what they need in the lantern. Uh, one of our listeners is interested to know if he will be able to get te- telepathic powers if he bangs his head. What do you all think? No. Wouldn't recommend it. Okay, so maybe read the book, but don't bang your head on anything. Uh a couple of people, including Luke, are really curious about the kidnapping um, and then also the, the bad people in this book. So who can say more about why are there kidnappers or there other bad people in this book? What is the main the main conflict in this novel? Well, in the elven world, breaking a law is extremely rare and they host a tribunal every time a law is broken, unlike humans. And so when a group kidnaps Sophie, no one really wants to believe that someone kidnapped them because that would mean that, like, there are bad people out there. But unfortunately, elves won't always be right. And the group kidnaps Sophie, and you can hear them saying, poison poison them. I'm done with either of them. And what they were trying to do with Sophie was to wash her mind and make her think that she was the bad guy's tool. Um, to add on to that, she also, to help her get through things, when she was sent to Paris and stuff, she kept on um, transmitting messages to Fitz, and um, she was hoping that Fitz could hear her, and uh, the kidnappers were, uh, they're always hiding themselves and stuff, and Sophie is very special. She's Unlike some other elves, she's like really strong and she has much more than the other elves. Like Fitz can't um, read her mind, but she can read some other elves' minds that most people can't. And um, when the Black Swan um, helped her, she had to transmit to um, Fitz when she almost faded, which is very, it's pretty rare. Could each of you tell me what one of your favorite scenes in this book was? Well, um, my favorite scene in the book was when it was Sophie's first day at Foxfire, which is the school the elves go to. And it's really interesting how her day turns out because sometimes like she ruined one of the teacher's capes and um, yeah. (laughs) okay and my favorite part of the book was when sophie found eggy her pet imp 
Imps are like these tiny little creatures. They're almost like a squirrel, and she decides to keep it. Um, my favorite part is one where um, she's transported to Paris because it's a very actionful part because she can communicate to French people and she finds the lantern that brings her home. My favorite part is probably when Sophie gets kidnapped because that's just a surprising part and it just adds a lot more fun and exciting parts to the book. So this is a great fantasy book with lots of action as well. If our listeners enjoyed uh, Keeper of the Lost Cities, what other books do you think they might enjoy as well? I think they would enjoy the Kane Chronicles. And for those of you Percy Jackson fans and Magnus Chase fans, it is intertwined and it is by Rick Riordan. Um, I, another favorite book would be like The Lost Track of Time because it's similar to Keeper of the Lost Cities and it's also a fantasy book. I would probably uh, recommend the other books in the series because they're by the same author and they have the same characters and action. Well, if you like this book, you might also like the series Land of Stories because it's also about fantasy and like fairies and magical things. <laughs> awesome. And let's just do one more round table. How would you rate this book and, and why would you give it that rating? I would give it a 10 because when I first read this in fourth grade, it just really it drew me to it. And I just love the series. Um, I would also rate it a 10 because... Um, I really like the fantasy books and like the action packed and um, like all that. Um, I would give it a 10 as well because there's a lot of action in the book. I would also give it a 10 because there is much action and it's a big book and it's kind of like a book that you don't want to stop reading and it's always like fun to read. Just in conclusion, I had one quote that stood out to me, and I'm wondering if one of you could maybe hint at what this quote means for the the novel as a whole. So here's the quote that I found. It says, I would rather be punished for making the right decision than live with the guilt of making the wrong one for the rest of my life. So if you guys remember, Madison said earlier that she destroyed a teacher's cape. That teacher was Lady Galvin, and later in the book, when the midterms are coming up, Like, Lady Galvin hates Sophie, and Sophie is trying to figure out what's going to be on her midterms uh, so that she could study for it. And reading Minds in the Keeper of the Lost Lost Cities is forbidden, but she does it anyways, and she she finds out that um, she... And she feels really guilty for it, and so she gets sent to the principal's office when she comes clean, And so that's when the quote comes in. Yeah, I just want to add in, it is forbidden uh, if you don't have permission. And she wasn't, like, she is still trying to learn her subject. She hasn't been there as long as the other elves, so she's struggling more. So she read um, Lady Galvin's mind without permission. And then um, later she felt guilty And she called Alden Fitz's dad because um, he's one of the counselors and because she felt guilty and told him what she had done. And then um, she, like, let that go. 
Well, this is a great book. We highly recommend it to you. We hope that everybody enjoys reading this entire series. Um, And as we like to always end our podcast with, that's all, folks.